Welcome to the Salted Podcast, where we are translating and transforming our view of politics, pop culture, and personal preference. In this episode, we begin part one in a three-part series on transhumanism. How much can we change our bodies, and should we change our bodies as gospel believers? Let's get salty. Welcome to the Salted Podcast. This is Yon. And this is Dan. And this episode is the first part in a three-part series on what, by the end of it, Dan will be a cyborg. Ooh. I don't know if he didn't know that until just yeah, now. That, that is my personal preference, That's ironically. your personal preference, that at the end of this uh, <laughs> three-part mini-series on transhumanism, um, that we are going to, Dan's going to turn himself into a cyborg. Yon, I noticed just off the top of my head here that if um if we have listeners who aren't following this story here in our culture transhumanism probably sounds like we're doing a series on transgender yeah yes uh that would what it sounds like because the word trans has kind of been uh, co-opted culturally by that but Um, we're not but we're not we are doing transhumanist and um it's you know, you might, there's a certain popular person. This conversation shows up in some certain billionaires. Like, uh, if you follow, I mean, Elon Musk, people talk about him because he talks about his little Neuralink. He mm-hmm. wants to in, in, embed and implant um, some technology into your brain. Um, so you can. And is testing it. And is testing it and yeah. uh, is aiming to, to get it to market for humans soon so that you can increase the computing capacity of your brain. <laughs> um, or you, um, you know, the idea of any sort of augmented reality there's i mean google glasses was an epic failure but it seems to be like something always people always want to do um even the fact that you'd be in the metaverse and have a sweet little avatar that is capable of looking and doing things that you yourself were never actually able to do in reality and so all of these things fall under the transhumanism conversation and um, we thought it would be there is a pretty wide if you go on youtube and you search transhumanism I mean, you can go down some some <laughs> holes, some deep, deep holes. We're not. That's not recommendation that right. we're making. Yeah. So we're gonna stay. We're sticking at the uh, <laughs> the the upper crust, upper echelons of transhumanism, and saying, well, what is it? Um, what influence does it have on society? And how do we, as uh, Christians and gospel centered people, uh, respond to it as we try to salt the earth? Yeah. Why would why would when you were studying your own uh, researching, what did you discover in terms of why is this a thing? Why does anybody, why would we need to even uh, do a um, very, very surface level inspection of transhumanism? Well, the, um, I, the, the, at the root, at the base level, foundational, fundamental thing that transhumanism and the people who espouse this philosophical and intellectual movement want to do is they kind of want to move to the next phase of human evolution, which is we want to improve ourselves um, and enhance ourselves to move um, so that we are, the future is better than it currently is. And New Year's resolutions, that's not cutting it. No, exactly. Some of the, yeah. (laughs) Total disappointment. Yes, exactly. If you're making a New Year's resolution connected (laughs) to some sort of transhumanism, then, um, which is, again, why Dan is so excited that he's going to be a cyborg by the end of this three-part series. But... Um, so what if we did this, let's start with what transhumanism is. So we can have some centralized, uh, grounding because there is lots of conversation around what is and what Mm. isn't. Um, and so if you were to Google transhumanism, you'd get this definition. It is a philosophical and intellectual movement, which advocates the enhancement of the human condition 
by developing and making widely available sophisticated technologies that can greatly enhance both longevity Ooh. and cognition. Okay. So it's very, you know, very wordy. Um, but you're but, basically, <clears throat> you're implementing technology to enhance the human condition. Yep, yep, okay. towards longevity which, and which, your which, mental cognition. Like which sounds power. like we should all be for this. This is like something we would welcome yeah. and embrace, right? It sounds incredible. Who doesn't want to enhance the longevity right. of your lives and the cognitive exactly. capabilities? And and who doesn't want to use sophisticated technology? We're all, I mean, we've all got the latest iPhones and yep. iWatches and all sorts of things. In fact, so. in some ways, we've already embraced human, yeah. uh, transhumanism. Yes, probably at <laughs> some level. Um, and so some some clarity, they use it for like, some synonyms. What are, what's the sophisticated technology they want to use? Um, genetic engineering, uh, artificial intelligence, which is kind of in the news these days, because yeah. if you had any, the chat GPT, and, yeah. um, we actually just asked chat GPT, write us a salted podcast script. <laughs> and this is exactly what it popped out. So, um, and then the other one is cybernetic enhancement, which is kind of what most people think of. It's like, okay, I'm going to like, yeah, I'm going to enhance my body with some right. cybernetics. That's got, that's got, you know, does it, is it kind of Star Trekky? Oh right? yeah, for sure. I yeah. mean, like. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna expose my nerd <laughs> by making a Star Trek reference. Sorry, you're a trekkie. Yeah. Um, so again, at the root of this whole thing, why does this matter? Because transhuman is a. They want to do whatever they can to improve and move to the next stage of human evolution. Okay, and so obviously this is a topic for a podcast because um, if we're not there now, we're gonna be there very soon. Where um, this is a major, major issue that um, we are facing and we have to make some major life-altering decisions right well, i think one of them you know and one of them we just got done uh, i mean we talk about this on a regular basis like like one major life enhancement technology that took a lot of time to sift out and sort through in my home and in my life was what are we doing with cell phones now right smartphones what are we doing yeah. with these devices are they for the kids what age are they for the kids do we limit their access um, and I reference that if you're going to hold out on technology with your kids, it feels like you're swimming upstream. Right. But now I feel like if you're going to hold out, you're swimming, you're trying to s climb a waterfall. Yeah. It is. It seems hopeless. Almost. It does. Yep. It does. Seems and like so, there's no way to fight against it. Yep. Yeah. And so one way I interpret this topic is that the, the urgency of this topic is in the same way that devices, we'll say smartphones, became an issue for families trying to decide if mm -hmm. and how and when and who and what age right. we're about ready to face the same crisis of decision right in the transhumanism right aspect yeah, yeah. and you could think of the technology being okay i'm, I'm handheld devices as it is the leap forward in in technology right like the, the speed in which went from an ipod to the things that our handheld devices can do and the connectivity of it um, that's a giant leap forward. And in the transhumanist conversation, we're looking at things like genetic engineering, which is not, it's not a futuristic thing. We're, gen we're genetically engineered. Mm. And there's some, you know, there is a worldview. What's the predominant worldview that informs the way that we approach genetic engineering or artificial intelligence? Like that's not a future thing. That's um, artificial intelligence, artificial general intelligence. Like, And then cybernetic enhancement. Like Elon Musk is literally talking about implanting things in human brains. Um, and so... Again, these are the technological advances when we look at, like, in the home, it's, okay, what do I do with the handheld devices? But we, as Christians, are going to be informing ourselves and making decisions on what worldview is prevailing in yeah. kind of shaping the way that these 
emerging technologies are normalized and mm-hmm. implemented in our daily lives. Exactly. So, and then and then there's another level where it's like, I mean, if you get into transhumanism, we won't spend a lot of time on this, but transhumanism eventually moves towards what is called posthumanism, which is the stage when we've moved beyond the human body. And this is the sci-fi stuff, but um, the idea of, um, right, if you advance far enough, you don't really, you no longer need a physical body. Um, and so you've, you've moved beyond the post, wow. you're post-human. It's right? so hard to picture that. Right. We can see in some of our, I mean, there's some, there's some sci-fi movies and stuff that. that, that well, what about Ready Player One? Yeah. Is that kind of the idea? Yeah, I mean, that's even beyond, even the idea, like, if you want Ready Player One, it's like, the the inventor of uh, the oasis right at the end it's been it's a feature so, film right so at the end he's there like it's almost as if that inventor has uploaded his consciousness or something yeah. to the oasis and he's in there and like and so that's the but then ultimately they they actually come back around and say no get off the oasis right. and get back in real life which is ironic um, yeah so uh, so again that's another that's looking into the future saying well you know what is I mean that's a pretty big deal to say at some point. Right, post-humanism is kind of like on the future, hmm. but um, but for our purposes, we have we're doing a mini kind of a, a mini series on three different parts, and we would say there's three kind of um, ways to follow through transhumanism that makes it more palatable because it's a very big topic, and say uh, there's maybe a progression um, that's moving further and further away from the human body and closer and closer to the science fiction stuff that we all thought hmm. was so very very far away. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And, and so we're going to do three episodes, um, one on each of these kind of steps. And so this one is specifically on a very fancy term and uh, called, and because you're public school educated, I won't let you pronounce <laughs> it or give it a shot. Um, Go Warriors. Yes. Yeah, it's called morphological freedom. And that's what we're going to talk about today. That's essentially the freedom to change our bodies. And then mm. the next episode, we'll talk about augmented reality, which is like the hybrid or the cyborg type of conversation. And then the third piece is... So that means some machine. Yes. Uh, some technology integrated into our normal daily yes, life. in which it changes the way in which we would normally interact with reality um, if um, we didn't have those. Alexa is one? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. So, um, and then the third one is mind upload which is mm. the discarding our physical bodies as we upload our consciousness. And we will be surprised to know that we might actually be doing that as mm. we speak yeah. by the way we interact with social media and all right. the stuff that we're doing right. online. Little did you know. Little did you Listen, know. Listen, uh, you will be assimilated and resistance is futile. That's right, the Borg. <laughs> if you know that reference, God bless you. Anyways, um, so we're going to start with um, morphological freedom. Like okay. why the first part of transhumanism is saying, well, can I even change my body? Are we there yet with the trans identity issue, Yon, with the um, with the modification of genitalia and and is that yeah? Do you think that's a part of the trans uh, the morphological humanism that we're um, that we're dealing with? Yeah, I think the the maybe the it's it's similar in that I want to be and we could we'll talk about this in terms of like the situation we're in in terms of what are some of the tenets of people who say yes you can modify your body all the way to, it has had a lot to do with self-determination and self-identity and happiness right. which is why you would the same arguments you would make for the um you know the the trans movement of um you know modifying your body through surgery to be the opposite sex right. is the same principles that are being applied to 
right. um, transhumanism to say we want to quote unquote enhance our bodies and change our bodies because that makes sense. it leads to our own because we want to and it's going to contribute to our happiness and our longevity. Right. So, so morphological freedom uh, we're seeing in some ways on a biological anatomical um, um, category. Right. Uh, and what we're talking about is actually probably some of the next level Right. Changes. And the biggest probably differentiator is the inclusion of technology to change ourselves right. in a way that we desire. Gotcha. So it's taking that genetic engineering, um, that artificial intelligence and that, you know, cybernetic enhancement stuff that would help help me in, you know, enhance my body and right. and, and, and long increase the longevity of my life. And we're not talking about contact lenses. No, we are not talking about contact lenses or glasses or reparative surgery. Like you lost a tooth and you have a fake tooth and you're like, I'm a cyborg. Braces. You know, I'm, yeah, braces. Right. I'm morphing. Yeah. I have the freedom to morph. Uh, the question is, I mean, is a pacemaker? The people who have pacemakers, are they that's cyborgs? That's what I'm saying. Right? I don't know. We My just... mother was way ahead of her time. That's right. So just another way. Yep. So there are things that we are kind of already doing that we are in, we are, um, enhancing our bodies for longevity who without the 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 in the absence of these technologies there are some instances where our lives would be cut short um there are but most of the time we're talking about actions to add or change what's in the range of normal human life and this is a point of contention if you were to talk to a transhumanist because they if they're a true believer they reject the idea that there is a quote-unquote normative um, way of living at all. Oh. And so they say there's no distinction between normal and abnormal because everything is that morphological freedom from glasses all the way up to uploading your consciousness. They're all, it's all the same. There's no normal. Gotcha. So, um, so, but what we're talking about is again, what's within the range of normal life. I'm going to add, uh, or change to something to help enhance that. And so this is kind of the logic of morphological freedom. Why would someone who advocates for this um, and what are some of the things that they believe? And we actually, you might find some similarity to this, specifically specifically in the American culture because some of this stuff that they believe um, and the thing that grounds their worldview is based in a lot of stuff we have in American uh, liberty and self, uh, self-determination. self So here's, right. here's kind of what the logic is. So they would say, they would, here's the argument they would make so why transhumanism is acceptable. Um, they would say everyone has both a right to life and also a right to seek happiness. Now, do you, yeah. we agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. A right to life and a right to seek happiness. Happiness can only be defined through self-determination and self-construction. Now. Yeah. Opposite. Opposite, right? That's what I, <laughs> yep. But that is a prevailing, yeah. you know, if you look in oh, the yeah. American, oh, for sure. you, know, you can say, you can easily say apart from any sort of guiding religious worldview, it's like, yeah, I can self-determine and self-construct. Yep. Um, in fact, that would be something that you would find honorable about sure. about someone else someone yeah. who has a self-constructed life someone i mean um what do we say about somebody we say well they 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 built that from the ground up right right or they started with nothing right and they yep. have constructed their own yep uh, success and achievement so that would make sense that yep. so this this um happiness came to them through their own generated by themselves right we would both agree that people are self-determination is one of the was one of the best parts of living in america but we would disagree that happiness can only be defined right right and self-construction right right so the next one is okay well then if that's true then both survival and happiness require a right to freedom Mm -hmm. which we would 
you know, probably agree with. So therefore, the right to modify one's body is logically as yeah. follows, that you can sure. do it, but you can modify your body however you want because all of those rights are grounded in these realities that That's we right. probably would relatively and, agree with. And your happiness and survival are based on that. Yep. Your ability to do that. That's yeah. right. So um, so again, this is probably where the similarity in the... In the um, the trans movement, the gender and sex conversation, it's the ability to self-determine and self-construct. Right, so right. The, the attempt to reconstruct yourself um, in a different sex. Sure. So. so so for a trans humanist, morphological freedom then is a fundamental, this is something that is right. an essential, vital, fundamental right for every human being. Right. That their happiness is based on the ability to express their freedom to achieve, determine, and otherwise construct anyone or anything they want right. to. Connected very closely to the idea that we said, t- spoke about at the beginning is the fact that it is the next stage in human evolution. So apart mm-hmm. from any oh, sort of out objective right. truth or s- some sort of deity that informs the way things gotcha. should go, the next stage of human evolution is to do these things and, and to... You know. Yeah, so that's different too then. You are compelled to do this because this is the next natural step in how humans are evolving. And wow, if you okay. talk to someone like Elon Musk, he says these things are necessary because... Uh, AI at some point, artificial superintelligence will some point, you know, terminate us, Skynet us and say, you know what, the best way to, for survival is to eliminate humans. And mm-hmm. so the only way to compete with a computing power of artificial superintelligence is to enhance our own cognitive ability. So he's saying so, even for the evolutionary idea is the only way to survive as a wow. human is to enhance yourself because. So the, we create yeah. these uh, in, artificially intelligent machines. And after we create them, now we've got to keep up with them. Right, exactly. So we've got to enhance our own intellect. Correct, yep. Oh so that's what, he's, that's what he says. Okay. Um, so again, this you can see kind of like all of this, this isn't like the stuff of sci-fi. This stuff is pretty much in our mainstream in terms of what the worldviews is right. that's informing us. And the reason, you, we might say, okay, well, this is good for the science fiction nerd club who wants to meet in the corner of Barnes & Noble and talk about their, you know, their, their latest sci-fi book. Um, but this has issues today because every single one of us is immersed in digital technology that gives us many more opportunities to indulge um, our fantasies mm-hmm. and to, um, you know, give us the ability that we are the makers and creators of ourselves and right. we can morphologically um, change ourselves totally. in very real ways um, that don't necessarily require physical, technological um, right. Upgrades or enhancements. And a while back, catfishing somebody was a shock. Right. Now it's like, well, who doesn't have some um, morphed phony identity online to protect themselves or to present themselves differently to someone? Yeah, we would probably all sit here and say, oh, that seems a little extreme to enhance your body or or change your body to whatever degree you want. Um, But we, you know, we, we do that in some instances, both in physical reality where... Um, we're trying to enhance our body, but then also digitally we do it a lot, yeah. right? I mean, how many of you post a picture where there's no filter or you mm-hmm. don't look at it 85 different times? You're like, wait a minute, is this the yeah. best angle? Yeah, is this don't put li-? that up. Right, yeah. we, exactly. We are curating right. and presenting an image of ourselves in a, you know, we're using technology, we're using enhanced technology. We talked to a photographer 50 years ago, the stuff yeah. that you can push with a button and do a filter and change and, you know, you're, we're presenting ourselves. We're changing the way we present ourselves to everyone else. So that's a that's a first step, low level. That's in the same category. And sure. We're just saying this is a transhumanism has a morphological freedom, meaning that it's an essential, fundamental right of every human being to just follow that path wherever it takes you, 
from these digital filters to all the way to literally transforming who you are in, in a technological way. Yep. And the, 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 the morphological freedom conversation is so important because that's the ground level in which all these other things yeah. are built on, which gotcha. we'll talk about in the other episodes of augmented reality. It's like, well, why would you be, why would you be okay changing your body to, to change the way you interact with reality? Well, it's because I have this belief in morphological freedom. And then why would I right. upload my consciousness or you know try to escape from the physical body? Well, exactly. it's because my worldview of morphological freedom wow. um, allows it. But there's other things too. I mean, Again, why is it an issue today? Again, this isn't the stuff of Star Trek, right? I mean, virtual reality. I mean, virtu- the ability to to pick even Sims, right? Sims was like the first generation of kind of game where you could you could pick your avatar, mm-hmm. and now you can get into. I mean, you can get into the metaverse, and you can pick the way you look. You can pick the things that you do. You can do right. You can take your pick, and you can essentially recreate yourself in the digital universe and say, you know what? That's morphological freedom. The desire to want to be able to do that and represent myself in a different way than I physically right. am is a, you know, is a reality. And then again, we've already said social media, right? You, you, you're encouraging us to social media encourages us to broadcast chosen parts of ourselves in selected ways. Mm. And so, um, we can modify our body in any way we see fit online. You know, yeah. some, some people, and then obviously Neuralink is kind of like one that's in the, I can upgrade my mind's ability to compute things by in, embedding a chip yeah. and a sensor into my brain. And this is going to be a big deal. I mean, if you're listening to us and you are a Christian, this is going to be a big deal, big deal because we will be forced. We, we don't, we won't have the option, right? This won't be something that if you're on the grid, you have to, dis, you have to face this. If you're off the grid, this is going to be something that for, I'm going to say 99% of the people uh, who are listening to us we will be forced to make decisions on these if we haven't already in the very near future. Right. Yeah. Right. And so we, uh, again, I, I'm already afraid that we're losing listeners who are like, I don't care about <laughs> transhumanism. I don't care yeah. about whatever. Right. And it's understandable. Um, although I believe that this is more of an issue for us than we realize. Yeah. And I think the question is, we probably, all of us are kind of like, well, whatever. If they want to do that, fine. But the question is for us as Christians, as we salt the earth, is what is, well, you know, what's the best God's design for human flourishing? Right. And how do we help people um, flourish as humans? And do we, you know, for both ourselves, we have to answer that question. So how do we interact with the ability to change ourselves and the people and, and the very real, very quick onset of technology that allows us to do that. But then also it's for our friends and family and, and people to say, look, how do we speak into people's lives and say, this is not the best path to human flourishing potentially. Um, and, and, and what does the Bible offer as ways to say um, um, what the solution is? Right. So. Yeah. And, and by the way, this is not a problem for Christians in the in the freedom part of morphological mm. freedom. It's not the freedom part that's a problem for right. Christians. Uh, Christians know that we have been purposefully created in God's image and that he does give us creaturely freedom. He gives us the ability as his created being to um, kind of ebb and flow in some level of independence and freedom. And in fact, um, given the opportunity to bring freedom to humans from religion, God spent uh, the blood of his own son to bring freedom from being controlled by religion. So there is some freedom that is at the heart of what God intended for his creation. 
And he's done that so that we, this creaturely freedom is for our flourishing, as right. you mentioned. And, and it also glorifies himself. Now, the problem there isn't the freedom part. It's in the full immersion that a human would have to um, participate in of self-determination, right. into self-determination. Right. Uh, the, 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 the morphological freedom here that demands that you determine for yourself who you are yeah. and what changes you're going to make yep. really strikes at the core of God's intention uh, for us to flourish as someone who is created in his image. So so the Christian worldview, if you were to kind of say, if I'm going to salt the earth and I want to see this in a unique way, I don't believe that my happiness is, is, is uh, exclusively in my self-determination. So what do Christians believe? The Christian worldview would help us take a unique perspective and add some flavor through salting the earth. Um, and it starts with this, submitting to and, ce- and celebrating God's image-bearer image design, right? So that's where it starts. Christians, we human beings, we, we submit to the idea that God has created us in his image. Mm-hmm. We submit to that. We also celebrate that, but that requires us to reject autonomous self-determination. Right. That means that when we think of ourselves as completely autonomous, overseeing and deciding for ourselves, um, self-determining who we are, why we exist, right? what's our purpose, mm-hmm. is, has to be rejected in order to receive the identity that God has made us, um, right. has given us. Yep. So that's where it starts, right? Christians believe that true happiness is found in God, in discovering who he is, not in self-creation, self-determination, or self-actualization, or right. projecting who I th- who I want to be, who right. I am. Yep. It's an acceptance. It's not a projection or, or a um, determination. Right. Celebrating so, the uniqueness in which you trust in that God has created each of us uniquely, and that we, it's <laughs> by his design. Right. Yeah, and fully accepted by him. And so how much do we change that and, and right. seek happiness understanding that, that we still right i've got a gap in my front teeth i still like every 10 years i think maybe i should get braces and pull these teeth together then you look at the price tag and you're like wait and then I'm like there's no <laughs> the bargains on this there's right, no coupon yeah. for this Can i get the rescue mission yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i recognize that at the same time that we feel this way in small minor ways we kind of don't accept how we're created right exactly right um but I think this this is uh, something far more significant to consider that generally, not generally, but like wholeheartedly we accept that this identity that we have is, is something that God has given to us. And he has expected that we would submit and celebrate being created in his image the way that we are. Right. And so... Um, Christians believe that that's where true happiness is found, not in creating oneself, but in accepting oneself, mm. right? Yeah. So any freedom that we kind of um, demonstrate or exercise in relation to our bodies should be oriented to that chief objective, which is that we should, that we would be flourishing in our relationship with God, not that we would be creating for ourselves an identity as our own God. Right, yeah. So we're flourishing in our relationship to God, with God as the one who's created us. We're not 
sitting in the throne of our own lives trying to say, well, who do we want to be? How do we want to create ourselves, right? So, uh, and then morphological freedom is built on a perspective of taking, seizing control rather than submitting to the design of God and uh, and obeying um, the the essential the the basic purposes and designs that he's that he has for us. so there's this great um, take this great perspective that is offered to us in an article called how to prepare for the metaverse and um, Ian Harbour and Patrick Miller wrote this and let me let me um, really just describe uh, and and quote them you know to give you this kind of a uh, I think insightful and very, very concise insight uh, uh, or insightful and concise look at this very topic. Here's what they say in their article. They say, in a world where, in a world, in a world, (laughs) where every aspect of our identity will be completely customizable, Mm. celebrating a received identity given by God, to be as human image bearer, made with f- flesh and bone, made male and female for the cultivation of the world, will be radically countercultural. Mm. Again, when I hear radical countercultural, I think like trying to climb up a waterfall, right. not just yeah. swim upstream. That's what we've been doing the last 15 yep. years, right? Yep. Not, maybe longer. But I, I, now I picture this whole idea that Christians are going to have to learn to climb a waterfall, right? Mm-hmm. So this is what they're saying, that celebrating a received identity given by God Will be radically countercultural, right? Which is interesting because most most like <clears throat> futuristic sci-fi movies, there's always a religious sect who's like the subculture, yes, they're like this little subculture. True. There's not this right quote unquote counterculture of a different way yeah, of living. That's a good point. So anyways, but that's you're very good with your sci-fi. You know? Well, you know, I'm a nerd at heart. So um, yeah, that would be radically. And then they go on and they say, but it will be also not just radically countercultural, but it will also be life giving. Mm, yeah. And this is so, so, this is so big. This hit me so hard when I read this. I, I had to think about this for uh, several hours, just let this let this kind of marinate. But listen to this. They said, see if you can relate to this, anyone you know. The anxiety of self-creation is already crippling Generation Z and Millennials. Mm. The anxiety of self-creation. Yeah. Right? Who am I going to be? How am I going to project myself? What look... What cause, what group, totally. who do I want to be online? Yeah. And it isn't necessarily, this is my own diagnosis, it isn't generating happiness. It right. is, according to these authors, it's it's uh, crippling the idea that they have to create their own self. Right, yeah. They go on, the church may be the last place that accepts you as you are made, not mm. as you're projected. Ooh. I love that. Yeah. You, you, these, that's a beautiful. These, that's a great the, vision for the future. It's also like, oh, yeah, we're doing that right now. <laughs> they they absolutely uh, they absolutely hit this. I think yeah. out of the park. So this uh, freedom probably doesn't sound too frightening. Um, later on, we're going to look at uh, as we move along. You said there's three parts. This next yeah. part, as we move along from part to part, we're going to uh, I think see how. Uh, I don't know if the word's frightening, but how dicey and right. it's, it's yeah. going to get. Yeah, and 
And the key is obviously to remember that there's, you know, this is the first part. The morphological freedom is the worldview in which all these other things are built upon, right. which again, this is a whole, this is a whole podcast on worldviews and why worldviews are shaping the way that we behave. We don't right. just look at behaviors and as Christians, like you said, what do we, what's the worldview that's informing the way that we behave? And these are not super in the future yep. um, decisions for some other next generation of kids and people that's happening right now, and we need mm-hmm. to have an informed view, and in, at least of why some decisions are being made. This will be more urgent and more difficult than deciding, as we did in our lifetime, when am I, am I going to let my child have a smartphone? Sure. And then when? Yep. Yep. This will be more urgent and more important. Yeah, I think so. Um, we should we should have led with that. We buried the lead. Is that what they say? I think we always do, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're not very good at this. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So the first part is this is morphological freedom. Next one is going to be augmented reality. And then the third part is um, kind of uploading the consciousness. How do you get essentially uh, abandon the human physical body and upload it to the to the computer? And as we kind of saw, we well a little foreshadowing of the ways in which we're already doing it currently online as we upload our quote-unquote consciousness through the way we interact with everybody online. So um, now we're going to get to the personal preference part where we're going to um, <laughs> fully embrace the morphological freedom paradigm. and <laughs> For our happiness. Yes, and answer the question, and you can answer this question as you listen, what is one thing that you would change about yourself physically? I guess. I guess. Yeah. Like, you know, well, whatever. What's one thing you would change yeah. about yourself uh, if you could? You get to go first. Yeah, mine's minor. It's not that big of a deal. But more often than not, I wish I was taller. I'd make myself taller. I, tall? I don't want to be. How tall? I don't really know. I don't really know. Um, well, it depends. You said it's a minor thing. It depends on how big you're going. It's, <laughs> yeah, I guess, so. yeah. I guess it's only minor if it's a minor adjustment. Yeah. But when we're talking enhancement, there's just so many different times where I'm like, if I was just X number of inches taller here, this would one way or other. But um, I don't feel that way when I'm flying coach. You know, mm-hmm. when I'm in an airplane, I'm like, thank God, I'm only yeah, five foot true. seven. Yeah, it's true. I don't know how some of those people do oh, it. Oh, my goodness. I mean, some of them stand up, and they're already hunched over just to stand yep. in the plane. Like, what are they doing with their legs? Yep. Anyway, so it's pretty simple, and it's it's really it's really minor. But I can appreciate that. When I was a Marine, I wore my combat boots, and they'd give me a good two to three extra inches. And yeah. I'd walk around. I could tell. I'm like, man, I really feel tall. Yeah. Like, have, you ever seen those, have you ever seen those videos where they, they show you a point of view from... This, oh, no. this person uh-uh. compared to this person in the same setting. No. And, and and there's no doubt in my mind the point of view of the taller person is better. I mean It's better. It's not maybe. it's not it's not Look, equal, yo. It worked out for Zacchaeus, okay? Um <laughs> What about you? Uh I mean no, I can't uh, imagine you wanting to change anything about nothing yourself. About myself. <laughs> um What would I what would I change? I mean I've always, I guess I'm I'm bald, so I guess I'd probably give myself some hair if that's a. It's that's funny. A simple it's one. funny the way that's so obvious you're compensating for that. Yeah, with my beard. Yeah, for those of growing you. at the other direction yeah. completely. Um, I don't know. Maybe I mean, I guess I'd get some hair. Yeah. I'm colorblind. I'm red green colorblind. So maybe I'd like to. I don't. The problem is I don't know what other people are seeing. Evidently, yeah. people see the world differently than I do. So yeah. I don't know what I'm missing necessarily. So. I don't know if that would be it. 
but probably hair. If we're, let's just go superficial. Yeah. I mean, I could literally change anything about myself. Yeah. And I, I choose to grow hair. hair. Yeah. Brilliant. I don't know. Like a that explains a lot of immune things. system that never gets sick. Right. I don't know <laughs> exactly. I mean, geez. So. Yeah. I mean, I think we swung and missed here. I think, I we, think we're not going to be good at this. We're not going to be good at this uh, look, morphological. Freedom. I, th- I we, we might get our morphological freedom card. Look, revoked. You, you think I'm going to let them put a chip in my brain if they we're haven't solved yet. hair loss yet? They haven't oh, been able point. to. Re- I mean, what are going to imp- implant they kinda hair? Have. They kind of have. What about yeah. what about hymns? I don't know. I don't know what that does. <laughs> I don't either. I think that's a totally different it is category. Not. I don't know of <laughs> male <laughs> issues. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so there you go. What would you like to change about yourself? Um, and immediately go repent for whatever just the answer give, is. Just post on our social media and send, uh, send right. us your feedback. Um, also, something we should have done at the beginning, but like and share and subscribe to all these things because if you um, appreciate this grade A quality content, um, we'd love other people to hear, hear about it as well. But um, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next uh, segment, part number two of our transhumanism coming up uh, next. See you next time. Thanks so much for checking out the Salted Podcast. You can find other episodes and topics on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you click follow so you'll get notifications whenever new episodes come out. Thanks for listening.